This is Trumpet Radio Live. You're listening to 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. Thanks for joining us today here on Trumpet Radio Live. Uh, Dwight Falk with you here today. Yeah, solo today, uh, no co-hosts, so uh, uh, we'll have to make do, but I uh, appreciate you being with us uh, on this um, uh, what is a beautiful Wednesday here in Edmond, Oklahoma City. It's uh, started out pretty cool for this time of the year. Down, I think it was down in the upper 20s, uh, just below freezing, but uh, sunny and it's going to get up into the 50s today, so a little bit of a cooler spring. You know, sometimes we get these really hot Oklahoma summers, and so um, whenever it's a little bit cooler in the spring, I'm always hopeful that maybe this summer won't be quite as hot. So we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, definitely a pretty nice day here. Hopefully it's a great day where you are. And really appreciate you listening uh, in the area and around the world, too. Lots of listeners online at kpcg.fm and at thetrumpet.com. And it's really a global audience, so we thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, lots of uh, stories to take a look at today. Just kind of give you an update on some of the news that's out there. And uh, one of the big stories, probably the top story today, is uh, this YouTube shooter. And you probably saw some about this. And here's the headline. This is from uh, Engadget. It says, YouTube shooting suspect had been angry over filtering and demonetization. San Bruno police identified the shooter at YouTube headquarters as Nassim Ogdem, 39-year-old woman from San Diego, and said that uh, there is no evidence she knew the victims, or that they were specifically targeted. While the sources have not confirmed a reason behind the attack, now that her name is known, uh, this uh, author said that they found a number of videos from her posted on YouTube and other sites saying that she was a vegan athlete and animal rights activist. In several videos posted over the last year or so, she angrily spoke about the company's policies, talking about YouTube saying they were filtering her videos so they wouldn't get any more views, and she was upset over demonetization. So if you know the way YouTube works, uh, you can post videos on there, and if you get a lot of traffic and a lot of views, there's a certain amount of money that you can get from advertisers if they want to advertise on a, uh, a video that's highly popular. And uh, so there's been debate lately about YouTube's, uh, I guess, methodology, uh, in some cases, they can put a strike against people's accounts. If you get three strikes and you, you I think your account's terminated. Um, some people find, you know, if they find, if somebody finds a video offensive, let's say, or something along those lines, uh, there can be uh, a limiting of the viewability. And some people make, have made decent money on YouTube. And uh, uh, so there's, some people are upset about the way the videos are being handled and then the subsequent demonetization. So that may be a f- case that may be a factor in this case. It says that uh, it appears the channels have now been completely removed by YouTube citing policy violations, the, the, the channels of the uh, YouTube shooter, Nassim Agdam. On her website, she wrote, quote, There is no equal growth opportunity on YouTube or any other video sharing site. Your channel will grow if they want to bunch of exclamation points so she was pretty upset about that and thought she should make more money than she was i don't think she was making much cbs 2 news reporter tina patel spoke to ogdom's father who said he told police of her anger with youtube after they called him and said that after uh, being missing for a few days she'd been found in her car in mountain view so she was missing the the parents 
uh, in some fashion got a hold of police. They did find her, the shooter, uh, in her car close to YouTube headquarters, and um, but I guess she hadn't done anything, so there wasn't much of a reason to uh, do anything about it. Uh, the network, uh, this write-up says, also said Agdam asked for the male victim by name before the shooting started. So uh, BuzzFeed heard from Mountain View Police in an email that officers found a woman by that name asleep in her vehicle in a parking lot uh, there Tuesday morning. So still details coming out about exactly what happened there. And uh, probably what's interesting about it, besides the fact that it's just, you know, a shooting like this is a pretty serious situation, is there are a lot of people involved on YouTube um, putting videos up or their social media platforms. And I think there is sort of this uh, idea that you can become this celebrity or you can become very famous and maybe make a fair bit of money. Uh, some people are successful at that. Many others are not. And uh, so I don't know. It seems like there was um, certainly some instability in this individual and she was upset with YouTube for a variety of reasons. So it is it is interesting uh, just to see some of the uh, uh, crime that does come from these social media situations. And uh, again, not all the details are out there, but it appears she was wanting more people to view her and uh, look at her content. She wanted to be more of a star, I guess, and felt that she was being held back in some way. So uh, it is an interesting story. It seems like the tech, the tech companies have come under attack lately. In this case, literally, Facebook's been uh, uh, had their name uh, and reputation uh, sullied somewhat because of uh, their user data being being given to uh, certain companies and so forth. So interesting time for the tech companies. That was a situation there at YouTube. And, you know, most people, when you go to work, you don't think about there being a threat of violence or something. But uh, that's the age we live in. Things can happen. So that's the top story today as far as uh, the news headlines go. And I'm sure they'll be uh, examining that a lot more closely in the days ahead. This next headline here is uh, also related to uh, technology. And, of course, we are very much connected to the Internet. And if there's problems with that, it can lead to all sorts of different difficulties. This is from the Daily Mail. It says up to 500,000 airline passengers across Europe face severe delays after an air traffic control computer failure. Some 29,500 flights were expected to be on the European network yesterday. Passengers faced delays of up to six hours after the Eurocontrol system crashed. Very frustrating if you're trying to get somewhere there in um, that area. The agency covering 41 countries later said the system was back up and running. As they say, up to half of all flights in Europe have faced delays. So it's a major, uh, major delay there after a Europe-wide air traffic control system had that failure. Uh, they said the technical problem meant that as many as half a million passengers could be affected, disrupting travelers who went away for the holiday weekend. The agency said it was a technical fault and that their system had not been hacked, saying that safety was not compromised at any time. So anytime there is a delay or a, a computer failure that causes a delay in, in uh, travel, 
probably one of the first things we would think about would be the potential for it being hacked. They said in this case it was not hacked. But it does highlight that what if it was hacked or what if there was a major delay of some kind or a problem with the system, whether accidental or somebody intentionally caused problems. It just shows how quickly it can disrupt society from its normal functioning and normal flowing. And in this case, up to 500,000, half a million airline passengers across Europe faced severe delays. And then, of course, that has a ripple effect, uh, maybe a minor one, but still, as far as you know, people getting rides at the airport or maybe getting on their next flight and getting to work or different things like that to where it, it can be pretty costly, not just to mention a pain. They say some 59% of departing flights at Gatwick were delayed between 3 and 4 p.m. So it does, uh, again, it shows the vulnerability in being so reliant upon technology. Technology is a great thing, I'm not trying to down down uh, talk it at all, but there is there is an inherent danger in it in that when we rely very heavily, as I think we all do, on certain technologies, computer systems, if they're hacked, if they go down, we're kind of stuck until they get fixed. So in this case, it could fix it, and things move on pretty pretty well, but we have seen uh, a lot of hacking in the news lately, and it is important to think about some of those vulnerabilities. So that was um, in Europe there, about 500,000 airline passengers uh, faced a severe delay when a computer system had a glitch. Some uh, health news here out of the United States. This is uh, from CNN.com. Unusual forms of nightmare antibiotic-resistant bacteria detected in 27 states. That doesn't sound good. Nightmare antibiotic-resistant bacteria. More than 200 rare antibiotic-resistant genes were found in a nightmare, as they call it, bacteria, tested in 2017. as according to a vital science report released on Tuesday by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. Ann uh, Shuchat, Principal Deputy Director of the CDC, said, I was surprised by the numbers we found. The report focused on the new and highly resistant germs that have yet to spread widely. Still, a variety of resistant germs can be found in every state uh, of these, uh, I guess, 27. Two million Americans get infections from antibiotic resistance and 23,000 die from those infections each year, according to a shoot chat. So that's a lot of deaths, but still, 2 million Americans getting those infections, 23,000 dying. It's uh, still quite a few do not die, and uh, there's not a lot of details given about the age of the individual or what they contracted. Testing 5,776 uh, isolates of antibiotic-resistant uh, germs from hospitals and nursing homes the CDC found that about one in four had a gene that helped spread its resistance, while 221 contained an especially rare resistance gene. So I think in recent time, anyway, antibiotics has sort of been like the catch-all for uh, particular infections. Uh, very often it's given to people when they go in with a, a wide range of difficulties. But, of course... The interesting thing about it is then you have these bacteria that have become antibiotic-resistant, and then they are nightmare forms of these diseases, super diseases, I guess. And then what do you do with them? Uh, how do you treat people that if the catch-all has been antibiotics, now what do you do? 
get a more potent antibiotic maybe i don't know it's i guess it's a race against time because as the uh different bacteria mutate then they have to try to figure out a way to stop it and it seems to be a pretty bad cycle so it'll be interesting to see how this uh, plays out we had a really bad flu season this year quite a few people had the flu and it really was a a rough one and uh so sometimes we see these different uh you know flu strains or other things seem to get more intense they want people to get shots and uh but it, i don't know it didn't seem to help a whole lot this year for people i i don't know exactly all the statistics but it seemed like a lot of people got the flu and then now in the same uh, sort of way you've got some of these uh antibiotic resistant uh bacteria in states so the, the more they come up with sort of a Again, a catch-all for these diseases and these bacteria. It seems like they mutate and get stronger. And again, I mean, to avoid disease is better than to try to fix it once somebody has it. And the best way to do that, of course, is God's health laws. Diet, nutrition, you know, uh, plenty of rest, those things, exercise. Uh, there's a lot written about that at thetrumpet.com. And, and again, it's, it's sometimes you catch something from somebody, but, but certainly... If we do our part to try to be healthy and, and avoid illness in the first place, then we have a much better shot of uh, uh, remaining in good health and not having to rely, hopefully, on on uh, some of these uh, oh, medications that are out there. Uh, so that's from uh, CNN.com. Related to that, there's a uh, write-up here from MarketWatch. You would think with all the health talk going on, everyone would be running to the doctor for everything, especially if you look at the commercials that you see on television. Uh, during the news in particular, it seems like that's when they run them. I guess the older people are watching at that time. Uh, but this is uh, for Market Watch. It says, why Americans are avoiding the doctor. So people aren't going. Age uh, 45 to 59, they say, are skipping health care. Uh, and, and really a lot of people, but they break it down with these age groups here. So for the 45 to 59 age group, they say the survey found that uh, and this is members of Generation X and the Boomers. Uh, they're skipping because of health care costs. Too expensive. 49% didn't go to the doctor last year when they were sick or injured. 45% skipped a recommended medical test or treatment. 43% didn't go to a dentist when they needed treatment. 40% went without a routine physical or other preventative health care. And 30% didn't fill a prescription or took less than the prescribed dose of medicine. That's in the 45 to 59 age bracket. 60 and over are also skipping health care, partly because uh, they have Medicare. The Some were going, but um, some were still not. The number's down a little bit, but still. 30% not going to a dentist when they need a treatment. 27% went without a routine physical, other preventative health care. 25% didn't fill a prescription or took less than the prescribed dose of medicine. 25% skipped a recommended medical test or treatment. And 24% didn't go to the doctor when they were sick or injured. And so those numbers aren't uh, quite as high as far as not going as the younger generation. I mean, again, maybe because some of them have Medicare to help out, but still quite a few not going. And then the younger Americans, the youngest uh, generation there, even more likely to go without health care due to costs last year, the survey found. The survey also found that overall 54% of Americans say they received a medical bill in the past year that they thought was covered by insurance. Uh, but it wasn't. 
and 53% got one where the amount they owed was higher than expected. It's really interesting when you look at the healthcare system, particularly with Obamacare here in recent years, uh, sort of that thought out there that, well, you know, if somebody doesn't look into Obamacare, they could think, well, Obamacare, everything's paid for. But if you have to pay, uh, uh, well, first you pay into the system, so that's not free. But then also if you look at what is covered, uh, it's not a lot for most people. There's a pretty high deductible, and I don't think it covers dental from what I've seen in most cases. Um, it doesn't cover a lot of the maybe more routine things that people would need. And again, the deductible is very high. So there might be cases where people are helped by it. It's hard to make a blanket statement and say no one is, but because some people are, but a lot of people are not, and it's very expensive. It's certainly not free. And so a lot of people are looking at the health uh, costs and saying, I'm just not going to go. I'm not going to have anything done. In some cases, that might be smart. In other cases, maybe maybe it's not as smart. But, uh, again, it gets back to the, the core of the issue, the root of the issue, which is if we can prevent illness in the first place, uh, then we don't have to worry about all of these other issues. And sometimes it just doesn't happen that way, and there can be a lot of situations, of course. But trying to prevent illness is the best way to avoid it, uh, having to go and pay the medical costs or have those uh, problems. So there really should be more education in in, uh, talking about preventing illness and disease. Herbert W. Armstrong wrote about that years ago. I I think he said that uh, he had a doctor acquaintance that said, uh, you know, there there just wasn't as much money in it (laughs) Uh, looking at prevention. But really that's where the focus should be. But it wasn't as much of a business. So... Uh, really interesting to look at some of those numbers, and again, when we look at our personal lives, that's, I guess, the thing we really need to focus on is prevention of those problems if we can uh, if we can do that. Some people uh, get shocked <laughs> at certain points in their life by maybe a huge bill or maybe a, a loss of a job. That can be a huge uh, problem or something that uh, can really impact people in a negative way, even when it comes to health. This is from Daytona Daily News. Midlife wealth shock may lead to death, according to a new study. Middle-aged Americans who experience a sudden large economic blow were more likely to die during the following years than those who didn't. The heightened danger of death after a devastating loss, which researchers called a wealth shock, crossed socioeconomic lines affecting people, no matter how much money they had to start. The analysis of nearly 9,000 people's experiences underscores well-known connections between money and well-being. With prior studies linking lower incomes and rising income inequality with more chronic diseases and shorter life expectancy. I guess worry and stress could factor into that. Diet would be a major issue. They say this is really a story about everybody, according to the lead researcher at uh, Northwestern University's medical school. Stress, delays in health care, substance abuse, and suicides may contribute, she said. Policymakers should pay attention. So when people have a major setback in life, it can affect their health, um, emotional health, mental health, and ultimately the physical uh, well-being as far as being alive or not. And it is interesting to think about that. I mean, everybody wants to 
to be um, financially sound. Nobody wants to have a big problem. But when you look at the Bible and a lot of the principles that are that are written there, uh, it, it does talk about having the right perspective. You know, seeking the kingdom first, Christ said, and then all things will be added onto people. And uh, you know, there's other passages that talk about you know having enough, uh, praying that God would give the person enough so that they're they're n- they don't have to resort to stealing. But not so much that they get taken away from God and they get distracted by wealth. Uh, there's the um, uh, parable about the man that uh, got all the wealth and he tore down his barns and he was going to build new ones and put all his wealth in it because he had so much and then he died that night. <laughs> you know, that can happen too. I think the overall point there that you can take away from those passages is that if the focus is on physical, material wealth, it's not a good focus to have. And God does want to bless everybody, of course, if we seek the kingdom first. But I was just thinking about this story and the fact that the reason the wealth shock probably leads to death and is because there is so much emphasis on having it and having the wealth, no matter what it was. Like they said in the, the write-up or in the study, whether a person had quite a bit or maybe it wasn't as much, if they lost it or things changed, they were they were shocked by it, and it became this situation that could have even led to death in terms of their their overall health and how it affected them. And life has those twists and turns sometimes, doesn't it, where things don't go like we expect, or we do have a little bit of a setback. But if you think about uh, what Herbert Armstrong wrote in The Seven Laws of Success, you know, there are times where there's lots of failures, but if we keep working and we keep striving and, and apply those seven laws, and you can find that book at thetrumpet.com, by the way, for free, uh, ultimately there is success, even if we have some setbacks along the way. But even if we have a setback, if if our whole life isn't about materialism, then I think we, we definitely handle it better. But again, God does bless people, and he does want them to have good prosperity, and and uh, there's many examples of that. Some of the richest men have been uh, some of the most righteous. You can think about uh, Abraham, you can think about David, uh, you can think about Solomon when he was really following God, and so, but but in in the cases when they were following God, there that they weren't putting the materialism first, and so uh, it is just interesting to see. I think it it highlights this study highlights that when the materialism is the most important thing, that's a very that's a, that's building your house on sand, like Christ said. And the storm comes, and what happens? The house collapses. So if there's a wealth shock, the house collapses because it's not built on anything. And materialism and wealth can come and go very, very quickly. And uh, we see that happen a lot in society. So uh, always want to be financially sound, of course. But at the same time, if there is a, uh, a wealth shock, if that's not the most important thing in our lives, then I don't think it affects us quite the same way either. So an interesting study there from Daytona Daily News now, there's probably very few people that never have a wealth shock in their lives. At some point, there's usually something that's, uh, you know, we would not prefer, but uh, it happens, and we have to manage that the right way. Uh, here's a, a, a clash that's potentially coming. This will be very fascinating to see how it plays out. This is from the Daily Caller. President Trump says we will guard our border with our military. President Donald Trump said Tuesday that the U.S. military will be used to guard the U.S.-Mexico border. He said, we are, we are going to be guarding our border with our military. That's a big step. 
Trump told reporters gathered at the White House. We cannot have people flowing into our country illegally, disappearing, and, by the way, never showing up for court. And he has a very good point there. That's not a successful way to run a nation. And uh, the Gateway Pundit has this related headline, Showdown, Defiant Caravan of Illegal Aliens Unfazed by Trump's Call to Guard Mexican Border with Military Continue Marching to the U.S. So there's this caravan of illegal aliens. They're coming up through Mexico. I think they're from Honduras. Maybe there's some other areas. I don't know how this got started. It seems like certainly somebody would be behind it. You don't just usually see a caravan just start walking up towards another nation without somebody being being behind it. But that's what's happening now. And here President Trump says, well, we may send the military down there. So what happens? when these people show up to the border. Um, it's going to be a really interesting situation to see if there's a, some sort of a standoff there because there are so many voices, in even within the U.S., that are very much for open borders. They, they'll look for any, oh, as they would see it, slight against uh, somebody that's here illegally to raise quite a ruckus. And if you've got this mob or this caravan, mob's probably a better term, but better word, but if you have this defiant caravan coming to the border and then you have the military standing there, n- nothing uh, nothing good is going to happen. It, it would probably end up being somewhat violent. And then, of course, you could see the media coverage of it just uh, you know, really trying to make the U.S. look bad. We see that happen all the time over in Israel. Even recently, there was that big border protest there with the, the Palestinians and Hamas, I think it was out there. And... And so, well, what are you going to do? Well, Israel goes to protect their border. And they, you know, the Palestinians are, and, and the others that are there are throwing rocks and burning tires and all these things. And inevitably, uh, despite being warned, they keep on doing it. And some get shot. And then what are the stories you see? Oh, you know, teens shot in the back while running away. And they've got the story. And what a tragedy and all of this. And uh, it's completely unfair and and very biased reporting against Israel. So I just, you know, I tend to think that if, say, there is some sort of clash on the U.S. border, you know, the middle, the um, media is going to be right there with their cameras rolling. So we'll see how this this uh, progresses. Related to that story was, uh, from thetrumpet.com is Hamas's march of return, which we were just talking about there. It says, is all the uh, violence in Gaza Israel's fault? It's a great question. If you were to believe the media, you'd think, oh, yeah, it is. Uh, Israel's, you know, they're an oppressive regime. But, of course, that's not the case at all. And uh, so you need to read this uh, right up there at the uh, trumpet.com to get all the background and uh, understand what's happening there in in uh, Israel. So lots of pressure on the borders. Interesting, isn't it? Pressure on the border of Israel and the Middle East. Pressure on the border of the U.S., and really a lot of pressure even on the UK if you look at some of the immigration there in London and and those areas. And, of course, their murder rate has uh, surpassed New York City's for the first time with stabbings of all things. So very interesting to see the pressure being applied to the Israelite nations. Uh, one last note to look at today. This is just sort of a, uh, a self-help tip, I guess, for around the house. thought a good note to end on if you... Uh, 
if you're getting out and getting the yard going and uh, trying to improve some things around your house, especially here in the, uh, with springtime coming in many parts of the world, you may notice that there uh, could potentially be some pests around that you do not like, bugs and vermin and other things. Bob Vila, you remember him from uh, This Old House, pretty popular uh, home repair guy, and I think he's got a lot of uh, YouTube videos as well. He's got two tips on controlling pests, so you might want to uh, think about these. Number one, be aware. He says if you do your own vacuuming, for example, and you see a pile of something that looks like granulated sugar or something like that, take a closer look because it's most likely going to be termite uh, excrement that gets thrown out through the little hole in the wall someplace. By the same token, you might find insect parts such as fly wings, and all that generally points to having a problem in the hidden cavities inside the walls. So it's important to be aware of that. Uh, years ago, we had some uh, carpenter ants that thankfully I think we got taken care of. I hope so. <laughs> Haven't seen them lately, but that's how we discovered it too. Uh, in th- that case, it looked like a little pile of sawdust. When uh, we were doing some cleaning, I thought, what's that? And uh, sure enough, you know, it's indication of something going on that you don't see because it's inside the walls. So be aware when you're cleaning up. Nobody wants to deal with those problems, but it's better to know that they're happening and deal with them than not. And then they say also, this is again uh, Bob Vila's uh, top two tips for controlling pests. He said after you realize that there's something there, if there is something, find out how they got there. He said it's also important to be aware of how they got there, and that means that uh, the outside of the house needs to be in proper condition. And it isn't just a question of paint feeding, but take a closer look during spring cleanup. And if you have cracks or holes in the sidewalks where a uh, hose comes out, all those are paths for insects to penetrate into the house and do damage to plumbing or the caulking. So it's always good, I guess, to go out and take a look around, see if there's any holes or any areas where bugs could be getting in, especially if you're in a very uh, buggy area such as Oklahoma, where there's all kinds of things crawling around. (laughs) You do have to kind of check your home and make sure that uh, you've got those things out of there so they're not causing problems. So some good tips there when you're doing some uh, spring cleanup and getting the yard and the house uh, going for the summer. That's uh, all we have for today here on Trumpet Radio Live, the solo edition uh, with myself, Dwight Falk. Thanks for spending some time with me here on this Wednesday. Make sure you listen for the Key of David program and the Trumpet Daily Radio Show and Trumpet Hour today. A uh, wonderful program about the topic of slavery. Uh, slavery is more prevalent than you might think. And a really great program. Can't miss it. Check it out. Coming up here in just a bit on KPCG 101.3. Listening to Trumpet Radio, 101.3 KPCG.